0: This show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O, a a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Every week, you'll learn about alternative ways to improve your health and well-being using the healing power of botanicals such as cannabinoids. Here's your host, Lola Ahanba. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Medical Weight with Dr. Ho. My name is Lola ohumber Thank you for joining me today. I am a clinical pharmacist, also certified in medical cannabis. This show is for you if you are looking for alternative means to replenish lost energy during the daily activities. This show is also for you if you are a healthcare professional looking for means of counseling your patients or clients on cannabis and cannabinoid product and finally this show is for you if you are a young professional looking for means of replenishing our lost energy before i go on allow me to say thank you to our subscribers all you are subscribers from all over the world especially in germany Uh, Dublin, uh, England, and here in the United States, we've been having positive feedbacks from all of you. We are very, very appreciative of your support. Thank you so much. For those that have not subscribed to the show yet, please do so. Subscribe to the show and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform that is available to you. And finally, let me say thank you to our patrons. You have been financially supporting us. We are very appreciative of you supporting this show. If you would like to be a Patreon or you like to support the show, you can find information on our website, www.wci-health.com. That's wci-health.com. On today's show, I will be talking about something that Almost all of us have experienced at one time or the other in our lives, and that is sleep. We have experienced sleeplessness or what I call uh, insomnia at one point in our lives. So we'll be talking about sleep today. Today's episode is titled, Is Cannabis My Potential Ticket to Full Night's Sleep? We will be looking into insomnia and other sleep disorder. We will also be looking at management of insomnia. And we will look into the non-pharmacological ways of managing our uh, sleep disorder. And we will look into the pharmacological ways of managing sleeplessness. And finally, we will look into the role that the cannabis or cannabinoid product might help with uh, Treatment of sleep disorder or control sleep disorder. We all know how exhausting and frustrating it can be when we try to sleep and we are unable to have a restful sleep. So what is in a sleep? Inability to fall asleep or stay asleep through the night is called insomnia. Insomnia is basically when you try to sleep, you are unable to sleep or rest peacefully, fall asleep. That's what insomnia is. Insomnia can be in a uh, different form. It can be a uh, chronic insomnia. That means the sleeplessness is gone on for a long time. That will be chronic in nature. And it can also be acute insomnia, in the case of acute insomnia, it's for a short period of time. It's not for extended period of time. Many of us have experienced some forms of uh, acute insomnia at one time or the others in our lives. Sometimes it happens when people are worrying or very worried about a particular issue or situation going on. It could also be due to stress over bad news or events. Acute insomnia uh, is often resolved within a short time. Like I said earlier, it's a short time sleeplessness. And my people might not need to have medication for the treatment of the acute insomnia. Sometimes we can just change our sleeping habits and that will control the effect of it. So the acute kind of insomnia can occur maybe up to three nights per week or something like that. So in the case of acute insomnia, it's for a short time period. But when we talk about chronic insomnia, it affects up to 15% of our U.S. population. I don't have the data for other parts of the world, but here in the United States, we have a data that shows that up to 15% of the population is affected by chronic insomnia. That is a lot of people uh, dealing with this condition. Most of them is more frequent, like four or five times a week. It could be up to that. Chronic insomnia, it happens in different forms. It, occurs, manifests itself in different forms. The first one we'll look at is uh, sleep apnea. In sleep apnea, people experience a shallow or stop breathing for a few seconds or a minute while sleeping. Basically, somebody is sleeping and they stop breathing for a few seconds or a few minutes. That could be a little scary or not even scary at all the symptoms can occur up to 30 times per hour. In people that are experiencing sleep apnea, the breathing stopping can occur up to 30 times per hour. That is really, really scary because when this happens, the whole body stops breathing for that time that the situation is going on. And we all know our body needs uh, oxygen, that our brain needs oxygen. So one second of us not having oxygen in our body can be really, really huge. So this is a serious uh, condition. The most common form of uh, sleep apnea is called obstructive sleep apnea, which is also known as OSHA, obstructive sleep apnea. In obstructive sleep apnea, the airways uh, of the lung it collapses or is blocked during sleep. Basically, the the airway, the lung, part of the lung, is blocked or or collapsed during sleeping. This is can be very 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 scary. Some people suffering from sleep apnea they often snore heavily, but not all people that are snoring because you are snoring doesn't mean oh my gosh I have sleep apnea. No, it doesn't necessarily go that way. But a lot of the people that suffer from obstructive uh, sleep apnea, they experience snoring situation. Sleep apnea could also be due to overweight, history of a small hair wave and large tonsils or adenoids. So these are some of the situations that can cause sleep apnea when we are overweight or we have history of small airways or we have an enlarged tonsil or adenoid, all this can cause uh, sleep apnea. Insomnia can also manifest itself in form of what we call a restless leg syndrome, RLS. Restless leg syndrome, this occur when there is constant urge to move one's leg. So like when we are sleeping, suddenly we just continuously moving the leg, that is called restless leg syndrome. It can manifest itself in form of tingling, burning, creeping, or crawling sensation. This urge to move legs makes it hard for people to fall or stay asleep. Basically, you can even imagine yourself trying to sleep, like sometimes you're trying to tickle somebody while they are sleeping. They keep moving their leg. There's no way they can sleep. So in uh, restless leg syndrome, you are trying to sleep, um, but something keeps tingling, burning, creeping, crawling. You just keep moving your leg. That's an uncomfortable position to be. So what is the main cause of restless leg syndrome? The main cause is unknown, but they said it could be due to low blood count uh, as in anemia condition. In pregnancy, for pregnant women, they can experience it and some medication also cause it. Another cause they've talked about is stimulants such as caffeine, tobacco, or alcohol can make this uh, symptom worse. So stimulants like alcohol can worsen the situation. So the next sleep disorder we will be looking to is called narcolepsy. I know that is a mouthful, but narcolepsy basically means uncontrollable daytime sleepiness. Basically, you cannot stop sleeping during the day. That is uh, what narcolepsy means. And uh, the next one we looked into is called Circadian Radium Sleep Disorder. When we talk about Circadian Radium, it basically means body system, our sleep pattern is di- disturbed. So when our sleep pattern is disturbed, then our whole body system changes. This can be due to change in sleep pattern, e.g. shift work condition. Basically what that means is that for people that work like graveyard shift, when they go to work in the night and come back during the day, during the day they are supposed to be able to sleep. But the way... Our body is made is for us to sleep at night and be awake during the day. But for people that do shift work, that goes to work at night and come back during the day, this circadian uh, rhythm, our, our body's uh, pattern of doing things is changed in them so they can experience the kind of sleep disorder that is called circadian rhythm. Apart from a shift type of work, other form of way that we see circadian rhythm could be due to jet lag. Like when you're traveling, changing time zone, that could cause a uh, sleep, circadian uh, rhythm type of sleep disorder. I remember when I was uh, traveling to England a couple of years ago. And uh, when we got it, I mean, the different times of here, United States and in England, it's about five hours, uh, six to seven hours time difference. So when we got there, I mean everybody day, everybody I'm fine. When everybody is sleeping, I am uh wide awake doing all kind of stuff. When everybody wakes up uh during the day and it's time for activities, I found myself unable to stay awake. It was tough because <laughs> I mean we were supposed to be on vacation but I could barely even Concentrate for about two days or so until my reading my body system, my circadian rhythm of normalise to the time zone out there before I was able to even function. So, time zone, jet lag, a uh, shift work pattern—those are some of the reasons why people have circadian uh, rhythm types of sleep disorder. Insomnia can also uh, manifest itself in what is called parasomnia. So what do we mean by parasomnia? What is parasomnia? I mean, there, there, there are so many different terms. I know some of my listeners are like, I mean, we are not scientists yeah, we have so many things, uh, names for all these things, but I will try to break it down as to the best of my ability. So when we talk about parasomnia, it's a type of sleep disorder that manifests itself in form of nightmare, sleepwalking, sleep talking, terror, bedwetting. And teeth grinding. I mean, when I was doing research on this uh, topic, I was kind of surprised to see that, I mean, bedwetting could be due to us not having enough sleep. So basically, when we having a like nightmare, when we say, "Oh, I'm having a nightmare," or somebody is sleepwalking, somebody is uh, sleep talking. All these scenarios is under the parasomnia sleep disorder. Other causes of uh, insomnia could be due to a medical condition like, say, heart disease, a respiratory condition like COPD, asthma, chronic pain, pregnancy. And we can, I mean, it makes sense. All these conditions, people are uncomfortable. They're going through pain. They are like in the case of uh, heart disease or respiratory conditions like a COPD or asthma. they People could barely even breathe. So if you are unable to breathe, you are not able to get oxygen into your lung. You are not able to get oxygen into your brain. You are not able to get oxygen into every part of your body that needs it to work, to function, for you to relax and sleep. So it will make sense when we have this situation. And in the case of a pregnancy, I mean, you have a human being living in the inside of you, eating and taking everything you've got, you have to carry this uh person around, that can be very very uh uncomfortable. So for pregnant uh women uh they tend to have uh more uh insomnia happening uh, during the pregnancy. Sleep disorder can also be due to psychiatric conditions like uh depression, bipolar disorder, manic episode various forms of uh, anxiety disorders. All these are some of the psychiatric conditions that could lead to sleeplessness. I mean, if you want to look into our previous episode, uh, the role of uh, cannabinoid in uh, mental health, mental health and cannabis, the role of cannabis in mental health, we depth deeply into... uh, Mental health like depression, bipolar disorder, manic episode, and the role of what the way cannabis might be able to help in alleviate some of these conditions. For me, when I have some things on my mind, if I'm not I'm going through situations in my life, sometimes I'm unable to sleep, I just toss and turn, or maybe some bad things are happening at a particular time, just can't sleep. Other causes of sleeplessness could be due to uh, substance abuse like uh, opioid drugs, alcohol, withdrawal symptoms, uh, or sedative. When we talk about sedative, we talk about Uh, Even the drugs that we use to uh, manage sleep, they can also cause uh, sleeplessness sometimes. Like I've heard uh, a situation of people taking uh, drugs like Ambien and sleepwalking or not even able to sleep at all. So sedatives can also cause sleeplessness sometimes. Pharmacological causes could be due to anticonversants, so drugs like uh, anticonversants, that means the seizure drugs, antidepressants, these are the de- antidepressants, are the drugs that we use for depression like the Symbota, imitriptyline, and st- drugs like steroid, stimulant drugs like ADHD drugs such as Adderall. Uh, Radolin, Vivens, all these are ADHD, attention deficit, hyperactive disorder. Those are the kind of drugs that can cause uh, insomnia or sleeplessness sometimes. So how do we manage sleep disorder, sleeplessness, inability to have a restful sleep? How are these managed? We can go through the non-pharmacological therapy. When we say non-pharmacological, it means we are not using any form of drug. This should always be the first line of treatment when we even, not just for sleep disorder, any other disorder going on, any disease state. We want to try to manage it without using medication first. After we have tried that form and it's not working, then we can consider other Options that is available to us. A lot of the symptoms that we see in acute or short-term insomnia or sleep disorder can be managed using education. We can educate people on a better way of sleeping. Behavioral changes and lifestyle modification are some of the ways that we can non-pharmacologically manage acute condition. Exercise, weight loss, uh, maintaining regular sleep schedule, avoiding stimulants like caffeine or coffee close to bedtime and area, sleep areas should be as comfortable as possible. We need to avoid TV or eating in bed. That, is, that could be very tough. The, the part of TV could be very, very tough for some of us that are TV fanatics. For me, I love my AGTV, I love my house Hunter, house Hunter international, and don't even try to take uh, property brothers from me. <laughs> I, I cannot do without property brothers, house owners, house owners international. Those are ways that even after work, I used to relax myself and and just chill. So for me, sometimes when I know that I really do need to sleep, I even I don't care even if it's Property Brothers going on at that time, Drew and Jonathan, those are my men, even though they are the ones going on at that time, I just have to say, you know what, you need to sleep now. I talk to myself and I'll turn off the TV. So we need to try to change sleeping habit some people have even gone as far as taking tv out of their room which i think would be a very very good idea but for people like us that tv junkies uh, that that's how we relax is, is tough but we do have to control how much we consume because we do need our sleep another non pharmacological ways that people try to manage acute insomnia is meditation and uh, muscle realization. Some people do yoga, some people do meditation. It works for some people, but it doesn't work for some, but there's no harm in trying. So for people that are very flexible, they can try yoga. For people that are not as flexible, they can try meditation. For people that are Uh, feel like, hey, I can do both, I'm flexible and I can uh, relax with meditation, whatever works uh, will be a good idea. So next we'll look into the pharmacological ways of managing uh, sleep disorder. When we talk about pharmacological way, we are talking about using medication to control or manage the, the disorder. Managing sleep disorder in with pharmacological ways depends on the kind of uh, sleep disorder that we are dealing with. We have different kinds, like we uh, talked about it earlier. So for daytime sleepiness, some people, like when during the day, they are sleepy, those are in the form of narcolepsy, daytime sleepiness. Stimulant might be the best way to use for those kind of treatments. So when for people that have trouble keeping awake during the day, they can use stimulants. What stimulant does is kind of, just like in the name, it stimulates you, it helps you to keep awake. Some of the stimulants that are used, like Provigil, Novigil, Modafinil, and the Adderall, or like the Amphetamine kind of type of product like uh, Adderall. For our listeners outside United States, I, re- I don't know what names these medications are called, but here in the United States, the Adderalls, are the Modafinils, and the Novigils those are the stimulants that they tend to use for the daytime Type of uh, sleeplessness for the nighttime sleeplessness, meaning that you can't have sleep, you can't sleep at night. The common agents that are used are melatonin, benzodiazepine. Those are like the Restoreal and it's also called uh, Temazepam. These are short-term drugs that are used. Then we also have the non-benzodiazepine one. These are the non benzo I'm sure some people have heard about benzo. They have a lot of side effects. But the non benzo type are the Ambien, or it's also called uh, Zopidem. For Zopidem, all these prescriptions, sometimes you can get the melatonin over the counter at the pharmacy or the grocery store. A lot of these uh, pharmacological drugs, they tend to have a major side effect, especially in the elderly population. So sometimes it's tough for people to use uh, pharmacological means of managing sleep because of the side effects. So for the non-benzodiazepines, these are, like I said, the Ambien, the zopidem. Some of the side effects that we see in those kind of uh, drugs are dry mouth, urinary retention. These are the like, example of those kind of drugs that does that are the Ambien, the Benadryl. They give you dry mouth or urinary retention. What that means is when you go to the bathroom, you are unable to fully empty your blood. Especially this can be challenging in men. Some of the side effects that we see in the benzodiazepine type of medication, example of benzo is the timazepam. This one they gave us a, dr- a drowsiness, risk of fall, decrease in concentration or memory loss, rebound insomnia with high dose possible. When you talk about rebound insomnia, basically you are taking a medication to help you to sleep. But instead of this medication helping you to sleep, it's now, helping you, it's now causing you to be awake. So instead of you sleeping, now you are awake. That is kind of uh, screwed up right there. <laughs> it's kind of weird that, okay, I'm trying to sleep. They say, oh, this medication is going to help me sleep. And now I took this medication. Instead of me falling asleep, I'm awake. You'll be like, that is so messed up. But some of this medication, I've had a situation with Ambien, whereby you have a rebound insomnia with that medication. And that is one of the most common medications that is used in insomnia. Another reason why people sometimes don't want to take the pharmacological products the drugs are because of all these side effects that are listed up, drowsiness, urinary retention, especially in the elderly population. The elderly population, they are already going through a lot of these situations like urinary retention, especially in men, decreased concentration, memory loss, risk of fall. All these are some of the situations that the elderly populations are already going through. So when you take a medication that is going to worsen that effect, that is very problematic. When you already have the risk of fall and you take another medication that is going to hasten you to fall, that can be a problem. Another reason, when you talk about urinary retention, you have these drugs, if you are causing urinary retention... A lot of men, especially are uh, like I said, in the elder, elderly population, uh, people they already having what we call BPH. That's benign prostatic hyperplasia. I know that's a, a mouthful, but basically what that is is enlarged prostate. The prostate is enlarged. When the prostate is enlarged, it squeezes into the urinary part, and basically what that does is that people are unable to empty, fully empty their bladder. So you, this is part of growing up as a man, part of aging as a man. So when people are already going through that, when you take some of this medication it's, and it worsen it, it makes it really bad for for people in that population. So even if the doctor recommends this drug to help with sleep or well, help with other conditions, They wouldn't want to take the medicine. So if you are not taking your medicine, then you are not going to get well. So that brings me to cannabis and sleep disorder. How can cannabis help in sleep disorder? What can we use cannabis for? In what way, what mechanism is it using, even if it's able to help in controlling sleeplessness? So for people that have tried behavioral therapy, you have tried to do yoga, you have tried to meditate, or even try a conventional therapy like the medication, the drugs, and we're still not having relief. Cannabis could be their ticket to this so-called elusive sleep. So how is cannabis able to help? As a result of the prohibition and uh, limited clinical trials, scientists have had to rely on word of mouth from people that are using cannabis to, to measure the effectiveness of the drug in uh, sleep disorder. And not just in sleep disorder, also in other conditions, because the drug is still not federally legal. Some states have uh, legalized it, but it's still not federally legal. But hemp-derived CBD product, hemp-derived, uh, hemp-derived cannabis, those are federally legal. But the 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 one with the highest THC, THC from five percent and above, those are not federally legal yet. So because of the legalization situation. People have had to rely on word of mouth from people that have used it. According to evidence collected from cannabis users, cannabis and cannabinoid product helps with signs and symptoms of insomnia and helps improve sleep. Cannabis is also said to help with sleep apnea and other daytime sleepiness, such as shift work sleep disorder. Clinical studies have shown that cannabis positively affects sleep qualities and duration. Evidence from cannabis users also shows that cannabinoid product helps people not just to fall asleep quickly, but stay asleep longer and wake up well-rested without the tiredness or grudginess often seen in in traditional pharmaceuticals such as Ambien. I mean, like I said earlier, you take uh, medication like uh, Zolpidem and people have uh, talked about waking up in the night and walking to to the fridge without even knowing what they are doing. People have uh, complained about rebound insomnia, whereby you take the medicine and you are not even able to sleep. Instead of sleeping, you are awake all night long. People have even tried to drive while they didn't even know they were driving. That could not be dangerous, not just even for this person themselves alone, but those of us that are with them on the road. That is a scary thought. So how is cannabis uh, able to help improve sleep? What are the mechanisms that it uses? From our previous episode, episode three of uh, this show, we talked about the endocannabinoid system. I call it body supercomputer. Uh, The endocannabinoid system, that is the system in our body that the cannabis, the CBD, the THC, the CBG, they bind to that system. And that is how you see the effect of the, the plant when people use this plant. So the endocannabinoid system, uh, studies shows that the ECS, endocannabinoid system, regulates our body's homeostasis. Basically, what that does when we say homeostasis, everything going on in our body, this system is what regulates it. Sleep, waking up, whatever sex, whatever you, you are doing in your life, endocannabinoid system, that is a system in our body. That is what controls uh, that. And according to uh, scientists, they found that this system also controls our sleep and our wakefulness. Chemicals found in the brain called serotonin helps to control sleep and wakefulness. So the chemicals in our brain, our body produces this chemical that is called serotonin. Some people might have heard about it. This is what controls our sleep and our wakefulness. So Endocannabinoid system is said to produce this chemical. So what we are saying is serotonin that is needed for sleep is regulated in the endocannabinoid system that is found in our body. This serotonin is also used for uh, synthesis of uh, melatonin. So melatonin is uh, made from uh, uh, serotonin. This is the hormones in our body that helps we sleep. Even when you go to the store, we buy melatonin over the counter here in the United States. Out there in Europe or in Africa or in Asia, I'm not sure if you are able to purchase uh, some melatonin over the counter. But here in the United States, we can go to the pharmacy, say Walgreens, and grab a bottle of serotonin. And what do people use it for? We use it for sleep. Where is it manufactured? Uh, Melatonin is manufactured, produced from uh, serotonin. Serotonin is regulated by the endocannabinoid system in our body. And this same endocannabinoid system is where cannabis, CBD, THC, CBG, they all bind to this system. So you can see how this whole system is working. It's like interwoven hand in hand. Studies have shown that sleep is reduced when there is decrease in serotonin activity or destruction of the part of the brain where serotonin is produced. So the part of the brain that produces serotonin is called the dorsal raphe nucleus. In the dorsal raphe nucleus, serotonin is produced. So when this part of the brain is destroyed or there is less production of this serotonin, there is a problem with our sleep and waking pattern. It has also been said that high level of serotonin promotes wakefulness while low level promote sleep. So if we have high level of serotonin in our body, it keeps us awake. If we have low level of serotonin in our body, it keeps us, helps us to sleep. So probably uh, those people with uh, narcolepsy, like daytime sleep, sleepiness, They probably have low level of serotonin at that time of the day. So depending on what types of sleep disorder we are going through, we can level of uh, serotonin in the body can be controlled by the endocannabinoid system to meet our body's uh, requirement. Another chemical that is produced in our body, in our brain that helps uh, with sleep uh, disorder is called GABA. GABA is another chemical in the brain that helps in sleep disorder. It works by what they call uh, inhibitory function. Cannabis and cannabinoid are said to increase the inhibitory properties of GABA, which results in improvement of sleep. Basically, GABA, many people have used GABA penting Neurontin for neuropathic pain or diabetic neuropathy or peripheral neuropathy. So this same mechanism that you see in your GABA painting or neurontin, that is what we are seeing here. And cannabis and cannabinoids, they help increase the inhibitory properties of GABA. The way GABA works is it inhibits and causes causes improved sleep. So Cannabis helps in this process. So next, we will look uh, specifically into the cannabinoids. Earlier, we just talked generally about the cannabis. But right now, I want to look into specific cannabinoids. So the first one I'm going to look into is the role of THC in insomnia. High THC, high dose THC is said to cause hyperactivity such as increased heart rate, palpitation, and wakefulness. So THC, I mean, everybody know when you have high THC in your body, it's like you are having a high stimulant. THC is kind of a stimulant too. So what it does is it increases your heart rate, it increases uh, palpitation, it also keeps you awake. So, for people that want to be awake, that might be a targeted therapy for that specific situation. But low dose THC, when THC is in a low dose, is said to induce calmness and sleep. So, THC, high THC, will give you wakefulness, will keep you awake. Low dose THC will help you to be calm and sleep. This is one of the game changer when it comes to cannabis and cannabinoid management of uh, disease state or any conditions at all. The biophysics uh, nature of cannabis is second to none. No other system, no other plant, no other drug is able to do that. That when you have it in high dose, you have one particular uh, effect when you have it in low dose, it can produce a, another type of effect that is totally opposite to the first one. This is really, really, really unique. I normally call cannabis a uh, multitasker, the number one multitasker of, of, of mankind that is ever known to mankind. I have different uh, names for cannabis. I call it 2 face. Call it multitasker because it's a two-phase. One and one one face he goes he talks to this person, the next time he goes back and talks to do a totally different thing. But this is the uniqueness of a cannabis that no other botanical, no other drug, no other plant can do that. The ability to be able to do this at one thing at one time and go back and do something totally different. It's just amazing. The next cannabinoid that we'll look into is CBD. This is cannabidiol and the role in insomnia. In clinical studies, CBD is said to increase wakefulness in well-light environment, but not in the dark. So when you have light during the day, CBD helps to keep you awake. That is another biphasic nature of cannabinoid. In the case of THC, high THC will keep you awake, low THC will help you to sleep. In the case of CBD, when there is light, CBD helps you to be awake. When there is darkness, then CBD will uh, help you to sleep. It has been uh, proposed that CBD's uh, anti-anxiety uh, properties can be employed for nighttime time sleeplessness. So apart from helping you to be awake during the day when there's light, during the night, CBD can be used to help with calmness because it has an anti-anxiety properties. Because it can calm you down, calm people, have that calming properties, it can be used for sleeplessness during the night. So for people that have symptoms like narcolepsy, shift work, those people that walk graveyard and they're trying to uh, sleep during the day, uh, they can use low dose THC for, to help with sleep. For people that want to be uh, awake during the day, they can use uh, CBD to help during the day. And for for the nighttime, they can use the anti-anxiety properties of CBD to help with calmness and, and sleep. This is the future of medicine. I keep saying it as targeted therapy. What targeted therapy means is that they target a particular agent or drug or whatever they, uh, we are using it's gonna be targeted to your specific situation. Eventually, it's not gonna be a one size fits all, and that's gonna be because we are not all the same. Our body is not the same. We are made up of different genes, different uh, different composition. So why should we have medication or anything at all? that we're going to say, okay, take this, this is for everybody. So the future of medicine, I can see it as being a patient-centered target dosing, targeted therapy, target dosing will be the future of medicine. The next cannabinoid we'll be looking into is the CBN and insomnia cbn is a form of cannabinoid like cbd and thc actually this one is not from the actual plant this particular chemical is found in dry cannabis old cannabis that's where you uh you find uh, mostly cbn it can be seen in fresh cannabis but high quantity of cbn is found in uh, old cannabis, and it's said to be low in uh, psychoactivity. That means it does not get people high. When you have high THC, that's when people have the psychoactive part. But this particular CBN does not have uh, high psychoactivity. So what it does is it helps people to sleep. When I was doing research on this particular topic, I was like, my goodness. Even old cannabis that is older, ideally on a regular day, normally we would throw old stuff away. But in the case of CBD, THC, CBN, cannabis, that is totally opposite of the norms. Instead of throwing your CBD, instead of throwing your THC away, we might have to hook Keep hold of it now because now we are finding out that CBN is from old cannabis and it has a very high percentage of uh, sleep agents in it so when we are looking at CBN I was thinking my goodness normally other traditional therapeutics like our medication that we get from the pharmacy we have the expiration. that whenever it's expired, we advise our people to Throw it away, don't take expired drug. But in the case of cannabis, we are finding out that that is totally the opposite. So instead of throwing old cannabis away, we are finding out that it can also still help with sleep. Cannabis is really what I call medical rebel. It's an outlier. It does not conform to the traditional norms. It's not going to be boxed up. It just does its own thing. It is, it is amazing. It is just just a game changer. CBN is said to have up to five times more sedative properties compared to THC. And THC is already sedative enough. When you see people that smoke marijuana, you know that they are kind of grouchy. They kind of a little slow. That's a part of the calmness that THC brings to you. So THC is already sedative in nature. But we are finding out that CBN has five times uh, sedative properties that is seen in THC. So basically what that means is that this agent, we can harness these properties and package it into product that people can use to help them to, to sleep. It is just Great to know that. Finally, we will be looking at onto the role of toppings in sleep disorder. We talked about topping. Topping, we cannot even emphasize the uniqueness of topping enough. Toppings are found in fruit, in all botanical, the smells that you find around you, they are as a result of topping. So, what are the roles of toppings in sleep disorder? Toppings such as linalool and marcel found in lavender and mango respectively have been shown to enhance sedative properties of cannabis. So toppings is just part of the chemicals that is found in cannabis. It's also found in other plants. The smell from ginger is your topping. The smell, your orange smell, is topping. So what it does is it enhances the effect of cannabis or CBD or THC or whatever cannabinoid you are using. Topping adds to its effect. That's why single molecule like uh, dronabinol, marinol, they cannot be uh, the whole plant extract. The whole plant extracts of cannabis or botanicals, they have toppings, aromatic carbon, all these other chemicals. They also add to the effectiveness of these botanicals. So what we found out that l- linalool is, fa- is the smell from your lavender. When you smell that lavender, what you're smelling is linalool. When you have your mango, the smell of mango is from mycin. Marcin is uh, the smell that you get from, from mango. And these two uh, toppings, they have been found to enhance the sedative properties of cannabis. Even some of aromatic uh, oils that we use in our homes, they are in lavender. And what lavender does is calm and relaxes you. When you are calm and relaxed, you are able to sleep. More study is necessary to validate effectiveness of uh, cannabis therapy but with relatively low side effects compared to other pharmaceuticals, it is worth looking into. It is very smart. It will be a smart thing for cannabis to be looked into and try to harness the properties, the goodness that is seen in this plant to help with sleep. Again, like I said in my previous episode, no official documentation of cannabis killing anybody. There has never been a documented report that states that people overdose on cannabis or cannabinoid product. Compare it to other uh, agents where people get take this medication and they overdose. People take other medication and they are sleepwalking. It's just, it will be... It will be a great thing to have more research done on cannabis and cannabinoid products and be able to harness these amazing properties that nature has given us. Again, that's our show today. I would like to say thank you for you guys for listening in. I do appreciate you guys. For those of you that have subscribed to the show, I'm very appreciative for those of you that are Patreon that are helping us uh, with keeping this show going, we are very, very grateful. I'm very, very grateful. If you are yet to subscribe to the show, please do so. Subscribe to the show. If you would like to join Patreon and like to give to donate to this show, you can go to our our web- website. We have our Patreon page on our website. Or you can also go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and we have an account there that you could donate. Nothing is too small for, for us. Even if it's a dollar, even if it's one pound, even if it's one euro, nothing is too small. So you can have more information about the show, products. We have some sleep products, CBD, hemp-derived CBD, their broad spectrum on our website, So if you want to check it out, we have our energy, CBD energy. We have tincture. The website is wci-health.com. Website again is wci-health.com. Thank you so much for your support. And until next time, remember health equals wealth. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform. Support the show by becoming a patron and donating on our Patreon page or on our website. For more information, visit our website at www.wci-health.com. Until next time, health equals wealth.